Good evening. A beach opens near a nuclear disaster. Iran says it already has the means to make a bomb. A report on the Uvalde, Texas massacre and a new street name for a man killed by a cop in Staten Island. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, July 17th, 2022. Iwasawa Beach was open to swimmers on uh, today for the first time in eight years after the area was struck in March 2011 by a massive tsunami following an earthquake. That was kids screaming and having a great time in the shadow of uh, some industrial buildings. On 11th of March 2011, the Fukushima nuclear power plant operated by Tokyo Electric and power company TEPCO was hit by a 7.3 magnitude earthquake and a subsequent tsunami, triggering a meltdown of three of six water-boiled reactors. According to the International Atomic Energy Agency, the disaster was classified in the same category as the 1986 Chernobyl nuclear disaster. The beach is about 25 kilometers away from the Fukushima number one nuclear power plant, which was struck by meltdowns following the quake and tsunami. The city claims it hasn't found any detectable levels of radioactivity in seawater quality tests beginning in 2016. And rallies were held across the world yesterday to remember the victims of the tragic downing of Malaysian Airlines flight MH1. On its way from Kuala Lumpur to Amsterdam, the Boeing 77 airliner was shot down over eastern Ukraine on July 17, 2014, killing all 283 passengers and 15 crew, including 38 Australians and 193 Dutch travelers, and that's MH17. In New York City, dozens gathered at the Russian consulate. A Boeing, civilian Boeing, was hit by a Russian missile over Don- Donbass and uh, with casualties of 300 people. So uh, it is both, you know, a protest to remind who the real terrorist state is uh, and a sort of memoriam, uh, a vigil for those who were killed in that accident. In comparison to those people who are in Ukraine today, it is the least that we can do. And uh, not only, you know, not only voice matters, it's other things that people do and other organi- organizations, charity organizations uh, do in, here in the United States, like Razum for Ukraine that sends uh, tons of humanitarian aid to uh, people in Ukraine and helps a lot, as well as other uh, pro-Ukrainian organizations that do immense job uh, by supporting our people. So there is no time to be tired. The Dutch-led joint investigation team charged with probing the incident concluded that a Buck missile system allegedly originating from Russia brought down flight MH17. The organization also identified the group of four suspects who were eventually brought to trial in absentia. There are three Russians and a Ukrainian, all accused of murder. The Russian government has consistently denied all allegations of involvement. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says there's a flat unwillingness by the United States to provide relevant satellite footage from the day of the disaster. Russia also claims Ukraine forged evidence to blame Russia for the incident. And in more news of the Ukraine war, BM-21 multiple launch rocket systems called GRADS were fired at the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or AFU, positions. That's according to the Russian Defense Ministry yesterday. According to the Ministry of Defense, the mission has been part of a rush of uh, Russia's military offensive in Ukraine. The agency, uh, according to um, uh, artillery, the news agency that reported this said that uh, units of the Southern Military District carried out firing missions to hit artillery batteries of the AFU. And destroying defensive structures, disrupting control points, and destroying firepower, weapons, and military equipment of the Ukrainian army. 
And Mexican authorities arrested drug lord Rafael Caro Quintero in Sinaloa yesterday to hand him over to the United States. But in a tragic incident during the operation, a Mexican Navy Black Hawk helicopter carrying 15 people crashed, killing 14 military servicemen on board during that operation. The cause of the crash is being investigated, but so far there was no information indicating the incident was related to the arrest. The drug lord is a co-founder of the Guadalajara cartel, which used to be one of Latin America's most powerful drug trafficking organizations and remains active today. The 69-year-old Carol Quintero is no longer considered an important player in the international drug trade. His capture, though, is of great symbolic importance to both Mexican and United States security forces. And a senior advisor to Iran's supreme leader, Ali Khamenei, told Al Jazeera's Arabic service today that Tehran is technically capable of making a nuclear bomb, but is yet to decide where to build it, whether to build it. The advisor, Kamal Karzai, said in a few days we were able to enrich uranium up to 60 percent and we can easily produce 90 percent enriched uranium. Iran has a technical means to produce a nuclear bomb, but there's been no decision by Iran to build one. In 2018, former U.S. President Donald Trump ditched Tehran's 2015 nuclear deal with world powers under which Iran curbed its uranium enrichment work, a potential pathway to nuclear weapons, in exchange for relief from economic sanctions. In related news, a group of protesters in Tehran burned United States and Israeli flags yesterday as U.S. President Joe Biden visited the Middle East on a four-day trip. The students at the protest said they opposed normalization of ties between Israel and Arab countries and deals that were brokered by the United States. Sajad Bagheri, the lawsuit you just heard from, said in translation, these protesters are here to respond to Biden's visit and wholly condemns it. They're here to tell them that their plots will be foiled and Islamic Iran will not allow them to execute their plans in the region. They must exit our region. Israeli Arab security overtures have multiplied since the 2020 Abraham Accords negotiated under the Trump administration, normalized relations between Israel and four Arab League nations. At a summit in Saudi Arabia on Saturday, Biden met with Gulf leaders as well as leaders from Iraq, Egypt and Jordan. Meanwhile, on Friday, President Joe Biden, uh, in the midst of his four day trip to the Middle East, addressed anger. Uh, from the public that his fist bump with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, known as MBS, was a walk back of U.S. commitment to human rights in the region. Respect to the murder of Khashoggi, I raised it at the top of the meeting, making it clear what I thought of it at the time and what I think of it now. And it was exactly I was straightforward and direct in discussing it. I made my view crystal clear. I said very straightforwardly for an American president to be silent on an issue of human rights. Is this consistent with, inconsistent with who we are and who I am? I'll always stand up for our values. Mr. President, what was the Crown Prince's response to your comments about Khashoggi? He basically said that he, uh, he, he was not personally responsible for it. I, I indicated I thought he was. He said he was not personally responsible for it, and he took action against those who were responsible. We just heard from Jamal Khashoggi's wife, who said, after this visit, the blood of MBS's next victim is on your hands. What do you say to Mrs. Khashoggi? I'm sorry she feels that way. I was straightforward back then. I was straightforward today. What I, this is a meeting. Not I didn't come here to meet with the Crown Prince. I came here to meet with the GCC and nine nations to deal with the security and, and uh, the needs of, of the free world, and particularly the United States. 
and not leave a vacuum here, which was happening as it has in other parts of the world. Uh, Mr. President, do you regret calling uh, uh, the Saudis a pariah? I don't regret anything I said. Did the do you still feel question. that way, though, Mr. President? I just answered your question. Do I regret it? I don't regret anything that I said. What happened to Khashoggi was outrageous. Yes. You're coming under a lot of fire for your fist bump with the crown prince. Why? <laughs> I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. But also, how can you be sure that another incident, another murder like Jamal Khashoggi won't happen again? God love you. What a silly question. How could I possibly be sure of any of that? I just made it clear. If anything occurs like that again, they'll get that response and much more. Biden says he traveled to the Middle East to meet Arab and Israeli leaders to promote better peace in the region and to keep out Russia and China. The United States is clear-eyed about the challenges in the Middle East and about where we have the greatest capacity to help drive positive outcomes. Our objectives are focused on, excuse me, are focused, realistic, and achievable so that we can target our resources, rebuild trust, and deliver real results. And we will operate in the context of the Middle East as it is today, a region more united than it has been in years, The GCC is a prime example of that. Let me state clearly that the United States is going to remain an active, engaged partner in the Middle East. As the world grows more competitive and the challenges we face more complex, it is only becoming clear to me that how closely interwoven America's interests are with the successes of the Middle East. We will not walk away and leave a vacuum to be filled by China, Russia, or Iran. We'll seek to build on this moment with active, principled American leadership. And that's the president. In the meeting, MBS denied responsibility for the killing of Khashoggi at the Kingdom's Istanbul consulate, even though Biden says U.S. intelligence contradicts the prince's claims. Saudi Minister of State for Foreign Affairs, Adel Al-Jubair, echoed MBS's sentiment in an interview with CNN's Wolf Blitzer. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia investigated this crime. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia held those responsible for it accountable. And they are paying the price of the crime they committed as we speak. We investigated, we punished, and we put in place procedures to ensure that this doesn't happen again. This is what countries do in situations like this. This is what the U.S. did when the mistake of Abu Ghraib was committed. This is what the U.S. does in other situations that involve combat operations or that involve any situation where somebody transgresses or makes a mistake. Because you know President Biden, as a candidate, certainly believed the U.S. intelligence assessment. Wolf, you and I had a similar conversation with regards to what President Trump said when he was on the campaign trail. What happens, what people say on the campaign trail sometimes doesn't get reflected in terms of being in office because they have access to more intelligence, they have access to a fuller and broader picture uh, when they do these things. And I think the relationship between our two countries uh, is a very strong, strategic, important relationship. And that's the Saudi foreign minister, Adele Al-Jubair. MBS reportedly responded to Biden that the United States was involved with its own human rights violations, the sexual and physical abuse of prisoners at Iraq's Abu Ghraib prison by U.S. military personnel and the killing of Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akhla in the occupied West Bank.
And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. In national news, the first comprehensive assessment of the law enforcement response to the deadly school shooting at Evalde, Texas, was released this afternoon. And it found that officers from local, state and federal agencies collectively failed to take swift action, a broad indictment of police action at Robb Elementary School. The 77-page report. Released by a special Texas House committee, spread responsibility for systemic failures broadly among the scores of officers who responded and those who waited outside a pair of connected classrooms where the gunman killed 19 children and two teachers. The decision to finally confront the gunman was made by a small group of officers, including specially trained Border Patrol agents and a deputy sheriff from a neighboring county concluding that the order could have been issued far earlier by other officers at the scene. Reports I've seen so far tell me that uh, at least 400 officers were at the scene before anybody made a move to enter the building. The findings represent the most complete outside account of what took place during the 77 minutes between when the gunman began firing inside the classroom and when the police finally stormed in and ended the May 24th massacre, which was carried out by a a shooter with a high-powered AR-15 style rifle. Uh, The gunman had been waiting for his 18th birthday to purchase the weapon legally. And the House of Representatives voted Friday to restore abortion rights nationwide in Democrats' first legislative response to the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. The legislation passed 219 to 210. The House also passed a second bill to prohibit punishment for a woman or child who decided to travel to another state to get an abortion. That passed 223 to 205. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made a rare appearance to count the vote. These are 219, the nays are 210, the bill is passed. My friends, House Democrats are here on the steps of the United States Capitol, next to the Senate, across from the Supreme Court, to loudly declare hands off of our reproductive health. The bill has little chance of becoming law with the necessary support lacking in the 50-50 Senate. Yet voting marks the beginning of a new era in the debate in the debate as lawmakers, governors, and legislatures grapple with the impact of the court's decision. Republicans spoke forcefully against the two bills, praising the Supreme Court's decision and warning that the legislation would go further than Roe ever did when it comes to legalizing abortion. But Vice President Kamala Harris says the Supreme Court decision is causing a lot of problems all across America. Took a constitutional right that had been recognized from the women of America. That alone is so deeply harmful to our nation that prides itself on being a defender of freedoms and liberty, the very principles upon which we were founded. It must be understood that on this subject, we are not asking anyone to compromise their beliefs or abandon their faith. We are simply saying the government should not be in the position, nor should the government have the power to replace its beliefs for those of the woman. We are talking about a situation in our nation right now where states and so-called leaders 
are passing laws that would criminalize medical health professionals, health care providers. We are talking about several states in our nation who will not allow an exception for rape or incest. So the impact of this moment and what so-called leaders are doing in states around our country is having a direct impact on so many people who should have a right to make the most intimate decision that one could make. Vice President Kamala Harris, by overturning Roe, the court has allowed states to enact strict abortion limits, including many that had previously been deemed unconstitutional. The ruling is expected to lead to abortion bans in roughly half the states. And during a hearing on the health impacts of returning the right to abortion, members of Congress sparred over a report that a 10-year-old girl who was raped in Ohio, where abortion is banned even in cases of rape or incest, was denied the procedure and forced to travel to Indiana. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost appeared on Fox News and disputed the story. And Ohio Republican Jim Jordan responded on Twitter, it was another lie. A few days later, the Columbus Dispatch reported that 27-year-old Gerson Fuentes was arrested in connection with the 10-year-old's rape. Soon after, Jordan deleted the tweet. Tweet. Confronted by reporters, Jordan squirmed. I never deny. I never disbelieved the child. I was responding to the headline. During the hearing on Capitol Hill, Democrat Eric Solwells brought up the story of the uh, uh, brought up the story to the CEO of Americans United for Life, Catherine. Coleman Foster and Human Rights Campaign CEO Sarah Wareblow. My question is, would a 10-year-old choose to carry a baby? In the Ohio case, the, uh, the Ohio you, Attorney a, General said that choose, abortion no, no, would have been justified. Focus on the question, please. Would a 10-year-old choose to carry a baby? Um, I, I, I cannot. Do you think a 10-year-old should choose to carry a baby? I believe it would probably impact her, her life, and so therefore it would fall under any exception and would not be an abortion. Wait. It would not be an abortion if a 10-year-old with her parents made the decision not to have a baby that was a result of a rape? If a 10-year-old became pregnant as a result of rape and it was uh, threatening her life, then that's not an abortion. So it would not fall under any abortion restriction in our nation. Ms. Warbelow, um, are you familiar with disinformation? Uh, yes, I am. Did you just hear some disinformation? Uh, yes, I heard some very significant disinformation. Why don't you tell me about uh, that? Yes, an, an abortion is a procedure. It's a medical procedure um, that individuals undergo for a wide range of circumstances, including because they have been sexually assaulted, raped in the case of the 10-year-old. It doesn't matter whether or not there is a statutory exemption. It is still a medical procedure that is understood to be an abortion. Beyond that, I think it's also important to note that there is no exception for the life or the health of the mother in the Ohio law. That's why that 10-year-old had to cross state lines in order to receive an abortion. And Sawal added Republicans are quick to blame children for getting raped. Yesterday, Ms. Warbelow, speaking of disinformation, Jim Jordan called a 10-year-old rape victim a liar. A 10-year-old rape victim was called a liar by the ranking member of this committee. And I know that he did that because he hates the president. It's clear every day from his statements and the statements from MAGA Republicans that they don't like Joe Biden, so they're going to call him a liar. That's fine. But what is worse is the reason that he did it is because he doesn't like what that rape victim represents, which is that this law 
from the Supreme Court, Dobbs, and the laws that will follow in states like Ohio and Texas and Georgia and other states will bring us government-mandated pregnancies for 10-year-olds, fourth graders, little girls. And to deflect from that, they choose to bully and beat up transgender individuals who represent fewer than 1% of Americans. And they try and deflect that because they don't want anyone in America to realize that they don't just want to wage a war on women. They're now expanding it to a war on little girls. And that's Representative Eric Swalwell. New bans in nearly a dozen states do not make exceptions for rape or incest, leaving young adolescents already among the most restricted in their abortion options with less access to the procedure. Even in states with exemptions for rape and incest, requirements involving police reports and parental consent can be prohibitive for children and teenagers. While the number of pregnancies in the United States among girls under the age of 15 has fallen sharply in recent decades with greater excess access to contraception and a drop in adolescent sexual activity, state and federal data suggest there are still thousands of such cases each year, and nearly half of these pregnancies end in abortions. That's according to the Guttmacher Institute, which supports abortion rights and surveys clinics regularly. In 2017, the last year for which data was available, the Institute concluded there were 4,460 pregnancies among girls under 15, with about 44% ending in abortion. In Ohio alone, 52 girls under 15 received an abortion in 2020, an average of one every week, according to the Ohio State Department of Health. And Finally, but it's not really finally because we, we're staying here till 7 and we're taking your calls as soon as the news is over. But we have one more story before we go to 212-209-2877 and take your calls in the after the news segment where we hear from you, your questions and comments about the news. Um, but I'd like to end with this story, a stretch of the Staten Island Street where Eric Garner died after a police chokehold was renamed Saturday in honor of the man whose cries of I can't breathe spawned the national Black Lives Matter movement. The victim's mother, Gwen Carr, joined by family, friends, and elected officials, watched as Eric Garner Way sign was unveiled one day before the 8th anniversary of his July 17, 2014 death during an arrest for selling loose cigarettes, of which it was never proved he was. In fact, there was no evidence of cigarettes at all. I'm proud of how many people showed up, said the 73-year-old Carr. It gives me great pleasure how many people remember him eight years later. At a protest in support of the family, um, some folks laid out true facts about the case that are often lost in uh, the extremist uh, coverage by the regular media. Reading the first four facts about the NYPD killing of Eric Garner. Number one, Eric was not selling cigarettes. Number two, Eric had just broken up a fight. Number three, Officer Pantaleo used a chokehold, which is prohibited by the NYPD. And number four, the New York City medical examiner testified that the lethal cascade began with the chokehold. Thank you. Number five, Eric said, I can't breathe 11 times and was ignored by the NYPD. Number six, Officer Ramos and Ferlani heard Eric say, I can't breathe and did nothing to help him. Number seven, the NYPD Lieutenant Bannon texted, not a big deal when told that Eric may be dead on arrival. Number eight, Officer D'Amico lied 
on official reports and falsely charged Eric with a felony after he was dead. While Officer Daniel Pantaleo ultimately lost his job after applying the chokehold, no one ever faced criminal charges in the videotaped arrest. Garner family members said the lack of accountability still rankled and were still agitating for prosecution. The person who made the film, who took the actual pictures, actually served four years in prison on another charge. The uh, popularity or the uh, um, the fact that uh, so many people saw that video just brought police attention to him and he was uh, uh, picked up on a warrant for a drug charge uh, and eventually did serve four years in New York State Prison. There was also a moment of uh, remembrance for Erica Garner, daughter of Eric Garner, who died of a heart attack, some say because of the stress of her father's death. Eric and his case really changed my life. Eric was 43 when he was killed by Officer Daniel Panaleo, right? We don't believe the police should live in, in silence or in, in, well, actually live in silence, but they shouldn't be anonymous, right? So Daniel Panaleo doesn't get to just hide. So that's his name. And really, it took us five years of hard work with his family to get him fired. And so to me, I came out today. I live in Queens, but came out because Eric, again, changed my life. And um, his mother is a wonderful person and his family's dope. I love that folks still come out here, still honor him and still uplift Erica, who died of a heart attack when she was 27 years old um, due to a lot of stress and complications trying to get her father some justice. Garner's last gas statement, I Can't Breathe, became a national call to arms for African-Americans as the video spread nationwide. Staten Island Grand Jury declined to indict Pantaleo, who was fired from his job at the uh, as the fifth anniversary of Garner's death approached. Garner's cousin, Alicia Garner, said a real good man, an outgoing person and a family man. His death was a big, senseless tragedy. His cousins get a sense of pride when they see his name. They realize that society is not letting go. And that's some of the news, but stay tuned because you're up next for the WBAI News for uh, July 17, 2022. The news producer, Linda Perry, our engineer is Max Schmid. For the WBAI News from New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo, but don't go away. Our number.